0: Welcome to our podcast on Culturally Sustaining Pedagogies. We're recording on the campus of Michigan State University, which, like all of our institutions and lives, exists on Indigenous land. These are the traditional territories of the Anishinaabe peoples, and we are grateful to be here. My name is Lauren Elizabeth Johnson and I'm an educator from New Orleans. I'm pursuing a PhD in curriculum instruction and teacher education at Michigan State University. Today we also have Lorena Human. Lorena is a 12th year Dominican-American educator currently working in Austin, Texas and formerly a teacher in Lawrence Public Schools in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Davina Jackson is pursuing a PhD in Curriculum Instruction and Teacher Education at Michigan State University and taught English Language Arts for a combined 23 years in Detroit and the metropolitan area. Django Paris is Associate Professor of Language and Literacy in the Department of Teacher Education at Michigan State University. He recently published the book Culturally Sustaining Pedagogies, Teaching and Learning for Justice in a Changing World with co-editor H. Lee. In January 2018, Dr. Paris will be joining the faculty of the University of Washington, Seattle as Director of the Bank Center for Educational Justice. Thank you all for being here today. So our first question is, what is culturally sustaining pedagogies and why does it matter? Um, So we've been at this work uh, for
1: since about 2012, but really culturally sustaining pedagogies um, link up with the work of educators and communities across the centuries. I think most simply, um, CSP is an approach to teaching and learning that joins the strengths of communities in order to sustain them. So that's like a very simple way of thinking about it. as we define it in, um, in some of our writing and in the book, uh, culturally sustaining pedagogy seeks to perpetuate and foster linguistic, literate, and cultural pluralism as part of schooling for positive social transformation and revitalization. Um, CSP positions dynamic cultural intersectional dexterity as a necessary good and sees the outcome of learning as additive rather than subtractive, as remaining whole rather than framed as broken. As critically enriching strengths rather than replacing deficit. So that means that CSP explicitly calls for schooling to be a site of sustaining rather than eradicating the cultural ways of being of communities of color. So CSB builds on a long tradition of asset pedagogies, which have put, uh, pushed against pervasive uh, beliefs in white superiority and the deficit approaches and racism that they engender, to prove that our practices and ways of being as communities of color are not pathological and must be included meaningfully in classroom learning. So uh, there's been a lot uh, over the last several decades, and again, in some in some ways, really centuries, um, work that. Um, that's called either resource pedagogies or strength pedagogies, strength-based pedagogies, or asset pedagogies. And so CSP builds on that long-term work, uh, most specifically uh, the work uh, on the funds of knowledge, and that would be the work of Luis Moll, Norma Gonzalez, and their colleagues, and also the work of Gloria Laxon Billings, uh, her seminal contributions and ongoing work on culturally relevant pedagogy. And so we see um, cult, uh, culturally sustaining pedagogies as joining this crucial work um, of all of this pedagogical uh, movement to further push for an education that sustains. Uh, our young people, right, our families and our life ways as indigenous, black, Latinx, Asian Pacific Islander um, communities uh, in what's most commonly referred to as the U.S. nation state. Um, but we also um, have worked with uh, educators in South Africa. And, and uh, it's our contention that CSP uh, really carries across communities and can be used um certainly used globally. Um, sometimes people ask why uh, culturally sustaining pedagogy, but one thing to remember is that in 1970, um, U.S. public schools were, were 80% white. Um, today, in 2017, they're over 50% students of color, right? So this is an extraordinary demographic shift, and yet schooling in the U.S. continues to be centered largely on white, middle-class, monolingual, monocultural, and cis patriarchal ableist, Uh, norms of achievement, right? And so um, at the same time as these extraordinary demographic shifts, um, we're experiencing a severe backlash um, uh, that's in effect against this shifting present and future. And so ongoing beliefs in white superiority in particular pervade social, political, and um, educational landscapes. Um, So... To end, CSP asks all educators to join this um, new majority of color mainstream to resist ongoing institutional racism as it plays out um, in schools. Uh, that could be through curriculum, instruction, policy, uh, multiple levels, and for all of us to work towards sustaining the languages, literacies, and lifeways, and uh, very lives of communities.
0: So then Lorena, can you uh, maybe speak to
2: how you've taken up CSP um, in your teaching? Uh, CSP is not necessarily a lesson plan, but that it's more of a framework and a position. And so how, how do I, as a teacher, um, use CSP, right? And so it's essentially a way of teaching for me. It answers the, the question of why I teach. And so that then informs what I teach. How does my teaching sustain um, yeah. the, the people and the voices and the communities that have historically been marginalized, ostracized, even vilified mm-hmm. by a schooling? I teach young people before I teach any content area. And so what that means is that I, my teaching has to reflect their identities, their cultures, every part of their being has to be present. That's how I sustain. Now I currently work um, and teach at a predominantly white middle and high school, which is a very different demographic than where I used to teach, which was a uh, large uh, public you know, inner city uh, high school that was, I mean, predominantly Latinos. How I taught there um, is different than how I teach here, but the approach is the same. And so, um, you know, I have to think about what are the political implications of my approach of using CSP in either context. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I get to what I teach. Right. So I, I am an English teacher or a literacy teacher. And so uh, there there are numerous ways that I take up CSP whenever I am teaching Um, And working with young people on literature that we explore the social and political context of that publication. And then also making them think critically about like, in this moment, in this classroom, what does it mean that we're reading it right now, us, that I am teaching it to you, that you are consuming it, right? So when I'm teaching, for example, American born Chinese, we talk about not just the text itself, but what are the issues that it raises? So this idea of the model minority myth, does this model minority myth play a role in our school community so that, you know, in that way, CSP is sustaining and granting a space for voices that are present in our community, but also marginalized and often ignored. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've really learned from from your enactments
1: of, of CSP is the way that you um, embed um, that study uh, in the context of uh, current social movements, thinking about CSP and and and, and I have tried to think about, like, what does it mean in the context of Black Lives Matter or mm-hmm. in the context of Standing Rock um, to think about um, the the themes of injustice and justice um, that, uh, that flow through our living but also th- flow through the reading and writing that we do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Davina, would you like to add on kind of how have you seen it or how have you taken it up in, in your own teaching? Um, for me, um, CSP, you know, I approach it
3: from a very personal experience. Um, having gone attended school in the 80s and in the 90s, I guess what I'm most hurt by is that the same ways in which how students are uh, marginalized, how their languages are demonized, mm-hmm. happened to me. That's right. So, um, you know, I approach um, all learning in my classroom from the standpoint of I don't want the kinds of experiences to happen to you that happened to me. So when we began to talk about, for example, um, African-American language, um, letting my students know that um, they see my classroom as a collaboration. Right. We're all working with and learning from each other, which is um uh, very important when you think about um, CSP. Mm-hmm. So early on, I let the students know that I'm fostering an environment where not only am I going to affirm and sustain your experiences, but but we're all we're all going to learn from each other, right? And so their cultural identities, languages, and experiences are really important. And so mm-hmm.
1: so very well, they 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 feel fundamentally, foundationally valued for who they are. Yes, and uh, uh, that's a place where we can start to learn. Together, yeah, and when we feel fundamentally devalued, right. it's not going to happen,
3: right? Yeah. and so um, once I set that up for students, then we just go right into the curriculum, particular unit mm-hmm. we were focusing on African American language, teaching the student the history, uh, the ways in which and um, how AAL is demonized, and the students have the opportunity to create cartoons and to really think about like how they actually see their own language, right. And then in thinking about how th- they see their own language, which was Impacted by yes. white supremacist thinking, That's right. and so, so with that being mm-hmm. said, um, culturally sustaining pedagogy has helped me as a classroom teacher over the years to know that it's okay mm-hmm. to be you and who you are, and also learn all of these other things that you need to learn to navigate um,
1: society. Um, yeah. I, it strikes me to be, as you're talking there, that. Um, for many of us as uh, as teachers of color, um, as teachers who might hold identities um, as, uh, you know, queer or trans folks, um, uh, you know, in terms of ability disability, um, in terms of our language use, mm-hmm. um, that CSP um, sustains us as well, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I wanted to, too, just pick up on a couple of things that you said, Davina, if I could. Um but that we found uh, basically four, um, four you could think of them as um, as facets of culturally mm-hmm. sustaining learning settings, mm. and they are um, a critical centering on dynamic community languages and valued knowledges, mm-hmm. right? One. Two, student and community agency and input. So the first one, um, centering. So that means things aren't marginalized to the side. Oh, we're just, we're going to talk about That's African right. American language, then it's not going to matter again, That's right? right? Mm-hmm. But that it's centered and pervasive. The second one is student and community agency and input, right? And so as educators, we know that there's a lots, lots of forms of accountability that, mm-hmm. um, uh, that we're required to attend to. Um, unfortunately, one of them is usually not um, being accountable to communities, to mm-hmm. the students and families that we're working with. And so um, in robust CSP context, there's, a, there's that collaboration, mm-hmm. there's that dialogue, and um, you can't know what you need to sustain unless you're in dialogue with communities That's and families, great. right? Another one is historicized content instruction, which I think Lorraine, uh, to talk a little bit about um, and that is linking content up with the past present and future of communities mm-hmm. uh, uh, number four is a capacity to contend with internalized depressions mm. and so if you've been part of a society and a schooling system that has continually devalued your Excellent. ways with language and life
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, then and your communities and and seen them through sort of you know uh, pain and damage um, mm-hmm. only um, it's Often the case that you can start to, and that we can start to see our own selves and mm-hmm. languages as less valuable. Right? So. Um, spend some time thinking about that and working through it, mm-hmm. um, so that we can affirm.
2: And and, you know, that's why I think that um, CSP allows us mm-hmm. to you know, be uh, more effective teachers because you're right, the standards that are expected of us, whatever those standards are, whether they're dictated by the school or the district or the state, That's right. never, have never required us to in any way dismantle mm-hmm. white supremacy in our teaching, right. yeah. whereas CSP now allows us to do that, to mm-hmm. actually sustain these communities, but go beyond and really begin to undo the harm that schooling has done for mm-hmm. so long. And so that and doing that work is the, is is really what sustains me more than trying to force myself or my students, for example to go into 16th or 17th century a uh, Shakespearean yeah. text and yeah. figuring out what is the commonality? How is this universal? I did want to make one, one point, too.
1: You know, so we're sitting around here as English teachers, right, mm-hmm. or literacy teachers, and that sometimes people say, okay, then that's a place where CSP can be, but what about math and what about science and this and that? You know, because CSP is an approach to sustaining communities, mm-hmm. the way we relate to and use number... And uh, the natural world, in order to sustain our communities, has always been part mm-hmm. of all communities. Right. Um, and so um, there isn't a content area where we can't um, and haven't been, over time, sustained and also damaged yeah. through the way schooling approaches, right? right, the that's subject right. matter. And so I think that's that's really important to, to remember. And then one other point is that um, in that idea of revitalization that... Um, Sometimes it's about forging new or novel approaches within context, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes it's also about retrieving community-rooted ways of teaching and learning that have been yeah. pushed out of schools. Right. Communities have known how to um, to teach and um, to sustain. It's schools that haven't done a good job.
0: Thank you. Um, I did want to just go ahead and give us an opportunity to add any closing thoughts. And, and in that, because we have been talking about, you're saying effective, how CSP allows for that effective, but also the effective and thinking about mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. youth and, and students and community members, any feedback? Um,
3: a couple of years ago, I did a pilot study um, at a middle school. A couple of the students had said, you know, DJ, even in my math class, when my uh, teacher will ask me to mm-hmm. solve a problem, and when I get up before the class to solve it, the teacher corrects by English. Um, you know, and at that point, I began to shut down. Oh, right. It's about love and care and maintenance right. um, of students' um, you know, yeah. identities and literacy systems people may look at this and say, well, it's not about liking the students. Well, in Actually, some ways it is. It is. <laughs> if you don't,
1: <laughs> it you might is. want to find a different line of work. Yeah. This sort of valuing um, of young people and communities is going to take divestment. That's right. So for white teachers, you know, or teachers of color invested in whiteness, mm-hmm. that means divesting from unjust mm-hmm. power and privilege and creating space for others. It's, a, it's an ongoing process for all of us. The more positions that Mm -hmm. we occupy, the more we have to divest from in order to um, create space to sustain.